Stories of University Community Collaborations. I'm your host, Soraya Latif. I'm the Communications Coordinator for CU Engage, the Center for Community-Based Research and Learning at CU Boulder. Amplify is a production of CU Engage in partnership with Community Radio KGNU. Our show aims to amplify the voices of students and community partners who are working together to generate new knowledge and ideas to tackle major public challenges. You can hear us on KGNU on the fourth Wednesday of every month at 9 a.m., or access our show archives by visiting colorado.edu forward slash cuengage forward slash amplify. You can also hear bonus content where we continue the conversation and learn more about today's topic by visiting the CU Engage website. On today's show, we'll be talking all about voting rights in Boulder, Colorado with two alum from CU Boulder. Joining me here in the studio today are Emma Piller and Gabo Ortiz Pena. Emma grew up in Lafayette, Colorado, and just recently graduated this month from Sioux Boulder with a degree in English and a minor in Spanish and leadership. Immigrant rights has always been a passion of hers, and she aspires to become an immigration attorney. In her time at Sioux, she was a part of the Puxta Foundation Scholarship that promoted civic engagement through scholarships. Emma says the program gave her the opportunity to grow her own social justice project with the support of many mentors. Her project through Puxta explored the immigrant experience in Boulder County, and in her third year at CU, Emma, along with seven of her peers, joined together to expand voting rights to residents without full citizenship. In 2017, Emma and the team created a coalition to work in the Boulder community with the intention of generating dialogue on what it means to practice citizenship. Emma says that the history of voting rights in the U.S. has centralized power and often taken away many marginalized communities' rights to vote to control elections. Their coalition is following the national movement to restore voting rights to residents without full citizenship, and they've learned from several municipalities in Maryland who have already succeeded, as well as in Chicago and San Francisco. The team is currently seeking to amend a city charter through a ballot initiative in Boulder to expand voting rights. Joining me here with Emma is Gabo Ortiz-Pena, and he has been involved with the coalition since December of 2017. He was at the Invest Community Studies kickoff event at Sioux Boulder where they had some great conversations around voting rights, and from there he ended up joining the coalition in 2017. He has also been very much involved with organizational and planning work for the coalition and has been doing a little bit of outreach. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Soraya. No problem. So we've been beginning all of our shows with asking our guests and inviting them to share a little bit about their why and why you're called to be sitting here, I guess, today with me. Why are you called to be doing the work that you're doing? Um, so whoever would like to start, if you don't both mind sharing, what is your why? Go ahead, Emma. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I can just share a little bit about my why. So, um, I mean, I grew up in Lafayette, Colorado, and I think that, you know, um, like many people, my parents gave me the unconditional love and support that I needed to um, to grow and to thrive. And um, I think my mom has been a particular, you know, role model in showing me how to, you know, stay um, engaged in my community um, and how to just connect with people in general. And I just think through her example, um, I've, you know, just... Um, learned how, how to advocate for different rights, whether it's my um, 
um, whether it's voting rights or immigrant rights. Um, and I just think that, um, you know, as a, a white woman in this country who um, receives citizenship just by being born in this country, you know, it's my responsibility to um, to assure that, you know, people are um, we're expanding rights and um, people um, receive, you know, the, the rights that they deserve. And that's still um, not a reality in this country. Uh, well, I grew up in San Juan, Puerto Rico. It's been in the news since Hurricane Maria that our uh, relationship with voting and citizenship in the U.S. is complicated. And personally, that's the case for me as well. When I came to Boulder, I didn't really have any particular goal. But what I found here was really a passion for education and really focusing on empowering people, on working with people to, so that they can empower themselves. I think that it's really important that people believe that change is possible and that they have the tools to affect that change. And voting is a fundamental part of changing our society here in the U.S. So I'm very excited to learn from both of you today and to have this conversation around voting rights. Um, We know that globally around the world, about 45 countries do allow immigrant residents to vote in those countries. So in the U.S., I guess specifically, in this context of voting rights, what does it mean when we say and describe full citizenship? What does it mean for someone to have full citizenship? (laughs) (laughs) Having a U.S. passport Mm -hmm. is the one that I... I tell people. I I think that here the word citizen has two distinct meanings, right? It can be someone who lives and uh, participates in civic society, but also it has a very specific legal definition Mm -hmm. of someone with the right to be in the country. Right, like there's this difference between someone just being able to occupy space here and live here, and then what are the, I guess, rights that define then that full citizenship? Like there's a way that we engage in civic engagement, right? And that is our citizenship re. Um, but I, like, what are those definitions that allow someone to be a full citizenship to access voting in the U.S.? It's the like passport and the holding of the passport, um, legal documentation, and that's like the def- definition that you all work with for your coalition. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, with our coalition, you know, we're trying to to challenge like this, um, you know, the the difference, I guess, between, you know, the the legal definition, Mm -hmm. but then also how people are showing up to their communities. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think like what we've learned um, and known with our work this whole time is that um, whether people have access to voting, you know, they're showing up to their communities in a lot of different ways. You know, people who don't have the right to vote are still paying taxes. They're still participating in their children's schools. Um, all of these different ways that, you know, we see how citizenship as like this idea of creating um you know, a healthy and thriving community, um, you know, people are contributing in so many different ways. Um, So why is voting, um, you know, not allowed? And like, why don't, why is that something that's so protected? Um, Yeah, so I guess that's like the question we're trying to, you know, seek out. (laughs) Yeah, and pull apart and answer. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, you both spoke about practicing citizenship versus how we define citizenship in the U.S., Um, And like voting by non-citizens is actually as old as America itself, right? When Mm -hmm. we first were founded, many people weren't able to vote unless you had, it wasn't based on race, it was if you had a certain amount of property and holding or your age or if you were a white man. Mm -hmm. Um, And for so long that didn't belong to so many. And we 
like no, the Constitution also doesn't necessarily have language to prohibit voting by non-citizens. So it is our localities that determine that. What do you think is the main pushback in areas or different localities like Boulder? But why don't people want to allow like not full citizens to vote? I think sharing power is always mm-hmm. a, a contested right. and a controversial thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's common for non-citizens to not vote in the in the U.S. And I feel in in the history of the of the U.S., we tell the story of how different groups have earned the privilege of voting, and and I think we have a, a history as a as a country of treating voting as a privilege rather than a right. Mm-hmm. Definitely, um, yeah. And I just add, like, I think. Um, it's really important to think about. I mean, when we hear, when we have these conversations, because I think that's what needs to happen in a predominantly white community in Boulder, um, where you know people will ask, well, what what makes you a citizen if you know anyone can vote? Um, but you know, like we talked about the history of voting rights in the U.S. is, you know, people, um, women weren't able to vote. You know, African Americans weren't able to vote. So, you know, when we when we ask like why can't residents without full citizens vote, I think like that's the next step, mm-hmm. um, because we've seen you know different waves of um, voting rights surface. Um, and and I agree with Gabo. I think it needs to be talked about as a as a privilege, mm-hmm. um, more so than a right. Right. Like not something that is just the next step to be gained, because that's what we see when we look at the history of it is like, okay, here are all these different um, sorts of people gaining this ability. Right. Mm -hmm. And you have to somehow be awarded it over time for whatever reason it is, even though it's our most known way to actively participate in our choices that are shaping the world that we live in. Well, thank you both. Um, so for both of you again, and anyone can answer this, what is it like to work with people um, in this community in particular so vulnerably? Because you're engaging with people who you're essentially like you're also asking a lot of them to kind of speak about their own identity in Boulder and in the United States being an immigrant resident. Um, because they have to work, I expect, wear that on their sleeve as they're having these conversations with you, as they're taking the steps to gain the right to vote. Um, what is that experience like? Yeah, I would say that um, um, it's definitely, you know, a lot to ask um, for people to be vulnerable in that sense. And, um, you know, we've we've um, this uh, initiative and this coalition started with, you know, asking the community, you know, what what are the needs um, and what can, you know, our our time be put towards. And I think that um, looking at voting rights and talking about citizenship and everything, um you know, there's a lot of different concerns and we've had a lot of different feedback, you know, from specific community members who this either is a top priority to them or it's not. Um, and so we're always like having to, you know, work with, you know, what the like top needs are. And I think that um, this coalition has been going for, you know, over two years and, um, you know, we've seen um, DACA be threatened multiple times. Um, we've seen um, you know, with um, the current administration, um, President Trump has, you know, made a lot of new efforts to, you know, threaten the immigrant um, 
um, the livelihood of immigrants in this country. Um, so voting rights, I think, is just this this one step in um, a, a larger movement to create a healthier community. I suppose, like, how does that conversation also look when you are reaching out to someone in the community and letting them know that you're doing this work and that this coalition exists and this effort is being made? Um, is that normally, like, do, are people in the Boulder community willing to engage with you on it? My sense is that people are, are willing to engage. Uh, I, I also think that a common reception is confusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, why, why this? Is it... Um, is this really a concern yeah. uh, when when people are facing arrest, deportation, mm-hmm. uh, losing jobs, losing access to their families? But I I I think that the reception is always positive because mm-hmm. it's in spite in spite of the the initial reaction, the reception is positive because it's it's such a self evident good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For those of you just joining us, you've been listening to Amplify, Stories of University Community Partnerships, a production of CU Engage program at the University of Colorado Boulder, in partnership with Community Radio KGNU. I'm your host, Soraya Latif, and I'm in the studio with Emma Piller and Gabo Ortiz-Pena, both CU Boulder alum who have been currently working on, and for the last two years, voting rights in Boulder County. Gabo, I understand that you um, not only are part of the coalition, but you were one of the first community members to ever show up to a meeting. Um, So did you have a particular self-interest in working in voting rights prior to coming to, like, Emma and meeting Emma and coming to the coalition meeting? I know that you said when you came to Boulder that you didn't necessarily have a goal or an intention around this, but it kind of manifested on its own. Um, So what was that like? Did you have a self-interest before getting involved? Voting rights has been a... a of particular interest to me as as a Puerto Rican. Um, let me expand a bit on what I what I mentioned in my why mm-hmm. um, Puerto Rican residents. Or first of all, anyone born in Puerto Rico is a full citizen mm-hmm. with uh, all of the rights and responsibilities of being a U.S. citizen. But we can't vote in federal elections, mm-hmm. and we don't have legislative representatives in Congress or the Senate. So there's a there's a lot of self-interest in expanding in in working on on changing what it means to vote here here in the mainland US. I think that really the the conversation that happened um that was facilitated by Emma and the other the other students working on the on the project was was a big moment, like a big realization moment for me. You know, this is uh, this is important, and it's important to to do it now. There was, I think that December twenty seventeen mm-hmm. was a a year of, or a moment of a lot of change. Mm-hmm. Right before uh, Trump's inauguration, uh, everyone was uh, feeling uncertain about what the future would would bring, and and being able to share with other members of the community, with other students, how I felt and how I had experienced the murky reality of voting rights in the U.S., of of how one lives as a citizen mm-hmm. was was a very powerful moment for me. Yeah, and like reading that direct uncertainty of 2017 with action yeah. is exactly what you did. Yeah, um, right, because like, what a unique kind of position for you to come from... Puerto Rico and have this almost like in the middle of 
we have this claim to the United States, but we aren't allowed this right, right? And why is that right? Um, I went to see Trevor Noah last night, and he was speaking about the immigrant perspective of coming to America. Yeah, and how we, you know, don't take democracy for granted, right? From all these countries globally around the world, we don't take that for granted, but yet it is so taken for granted here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we yeah. saw that in the last two years, right? We saw that and how it also is assumed by many immigrants when we come here that we won't ever have that right to vote and to participate in it, but we're so happy to be here. Um, so bridging that conversation and then saying, well, no, you have this right, right? You're contributing actively to everyday democracy and everyday citizenship here. Um, why should that set you apart? <laughs> Um, what would you all say are some of the major roadblocks as a coalition you've faced in the last two years? Yeah, definitely. So, um, we're in the process right now and maybe I should just like briefly explain kind of like the process of our coalition or the timeline. Um, so yeah, so we kind of got started in 2017, um, and our, all of our initial research that, you know, this student, um, group at CU, um, started doing was, um, you know, looking into the national movement of expanding voting rights and how other municipalities have done it. You know, there's Mm -hmm. over 10 municipalities in Maryland, um, San Francisco and Chicago have both expanded voting rights um, in school board elections. So we're not the first people to look into this. And we initially wanted to lobby city council and push for a city ordinance, um, which would have had the nine city council members um, vote this into law. In the process of doing that, you know, we really heard from, you know, the leaders on city council feedback that they wanted to see this as, um, you know, a a grassroots movement. They wanted to see this come from the people. Um, So we've shifted our plan in the last year and a half to push for a ballot initiative. The specific law that we're trying to change is amending a city charter in Boulder that says you have to be a U.S. citizen. And just because of like the unique, you know, conditions of the state law in Colorado, Mm -hmm. um, we can make this happen and challenge the state and federal reality that you have to be a U.S. citizen. And we can say that um, you don't have to be a U.S. citizen to vote in municipal elections. Mm -hmm. So right now we're working to amend a city charter through a ballot initiative, which means we have to collect between three and 5,000 signatures to put this on the ballot so that in the in November of 2020, um, the current um, electors and voters in Boulder um, can pass this into law. So that's um, kind of what we're working on right now. Um, and what was the question? Sorry. Challenges. <laughs> the challenges. Thank you. So the challenges that we've really experienced is in like communicating and working with, you know, people across the country who've already mm-hmm. been working on this. Um, I think um, protecting protecting um, people's um, information is really huge. Um, they're in San Francisco, as an example, they um, on their website, you know, they they've expanded voting rights to residents without full citizenship so they can participate in school board elections. Mm-hmm. But they um, did not enact any protections for Mm -hmm. residents who are newly registering because that information is still um, can still be accessed by, you know, the federal government and Mm -hmm. by ICE agents. You know, that is public information. So um, the extent that San Francisco has gone is to just post on their, you know, city website um, 
you know, consult with an immigration attorney, your mm-hmm. information is still vulnerable, please register to vote, but that you're your still at yeah. your own risk. Yeah. And I think that with, um, you know, our own local movement, that that can't be, you know, the option. We have to find a legal way to protect registering voters, um, because that's like the only way this can actually be an accessible, an, an accessible avenue. And uh, so uh, an example that we're thinking, and I can just share um, a little bit about it, is there are certain people whose information cannot be um, public information. So if you're a police officer or even if you're a domestic violence victim, your information cannot be accessed um, by public, um, by the public. Um, so if we um, could, you know, find a way to make um, make it so that residents without full citizenship fail, fall under that category as well, then um, no one could access that information. So we're lo- that would, you know, that's something that would complicate, you know, our process. But I think mm-hmm. it's um, what we're looking into right now as an option to assure that, you know, people are safe in doing this. And um, so that's like one of the main roadblocks, I think. Um, And another roadblock has just been, you know, navigating the (laughs) the the unique legal process of Colorado, because every other municipality um, basically across the country has passed this through an ordinance, which is Mm -hmm. what I mentioned before. Um, But just because of Boulder specifically, we cannot amend a city charter without a vote from the people. So it can't just be through an ordinance and through city council. So um, it has to, you know, be voted on by the people. And um, I think that's a great opportunity because in a lot of uh, a lot of backlash that other municipalities have faced in this process is, you know, city council did vote this into law, but, you know, the voters um, wanted to um, have a say in this, mm-hmm. which, you know, that brings up, you know, the power dynamic right. and like the power of voice. Um, but but yeah, so what we're really vo- uh, focusing on is, you know, um, mobilizing the Boulder community to to make this happen. For both of you, you just spoke directly to, I said, like mobilizing people in the Boulder community directly because that's an imperative part of making this happen here. Um, What do you think the impact has been just with the coalition like in existence in the last two years on Sioux Boulder's campus or in the broader Boulder community? Like the impact of you all doing this work, have you seen some of that reach? And if so, what have you like, what's the reach that you've seen? Yeah, I think um, <laughs> the the impact has um, been really cool, and I think that you know we're always like expanding our our network and communicating with um, so many different people, which is really cool. Um, you know, our coalition has been in the process of you know we've been working alongside um, the Colorado Immigrants Rights Coalition for you know almost since our inception. Um, but then also, like, we're working with the League of Women Voters and the NAACP mm-hmm. and getting countywide, you know, statements of support. And, um, you know, that's been really cool because, you know, it doesn't like we've just had so many different supporters from different areas of activism, you know, um, coming to support us, which is really mm-hmm. cool. And like that gives us an opportunity to, you know, see the process um, of pursuing this in a different light. Um but then also, yeah, like gaining just so many, um, so many like new um, accessible um, ways to, I don't know, to, to, to move our <laughs> campaign forward. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you want to touch on something, Gabo? No, I, I would agree that um, 
the the collaborations that we've started and and worked on during the process have been some of the most impressive for me. Uh, we're working, like you said, the League of Women Voters. We're working with mm-hmm. people directly in city government here in Boulder. Working with all kinds, all kinds of activists. You know, mm-hmm. um, voting rights, immigrant rights, uh, general human rights organizations, and it's uh, it's really been a pleasure getting to know the community here in Boulder that's working on that, and seeing seeing everyone's everyone's approaches and everyone's. How we're all working for the same thing. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I would absolutely. say. Yeah. Um, I wanted to highlight that we're working on getting statements of support from the NAACP mm-hmm. and the League of Women Voters in the next few months. Emma, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, yeah, um, I can touch on that. So, um, yeah, one of like the biggest ways that we think like, we can like this coalition is essentially um, looking to incorporate, you know, voices from all of these different different mm-hmm. organizations um, so that we can, you know, represent a lot of different voices. Um, and so one of the ways that we're generating support and trying to build like this. Um, foundation of people so when we start to collect signatures you know we can call on like these Mm -hmm. statements of support and organizations who already have like their own networks of people Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah so the League of Women Voters they are such a powerhouse and it has been such a long process um, just because they really you know value like you know research and really clarifying you know um, what issues they do and don't support. So mm-hmm. we have, you know, over the last year, it's <laughs> taken a long time, but we're in the process of, um, we're going towards in September having a consensus vote for the League of Women Voters so that we can get countywide support. So Boulder County, um, the League of Women Voters in Boulder County, um, you know, can support us um, officially, which is really cool. Even mobilize if you know, with us. Yeah, yeah, mobilize with us. So, that, and even if we have individual members from the league who are, you know, representing our coalition, we can have like that actual huge statement, which is cool. Um, tomorrow night, you know, I'm we're presenting a resolution to the NAACP, um, and that's really cool. So, um, you know, that that process is still, you know, the the members of the NAACP will vote to mm-hmm. approve and to support us, which is um, coming up. Um, and we could go as far as getting, you know, statewide support pretty soon. Um, but even if we just need like the county to make this happen, um, mm-hmm. it's really cool. So um, that's like one of like the, the ways that we're, you know, branching out into the community and getting like official statements so that, you know, when it comes to collecting signatures, you know, we can um, lean on those statements of support to really um, yeah it's really mobilized um, so that's like one of our biggest actions um, I also really think that we um, are going towards like generating focus groups because um, I think you know we've touched on you know like this idea of what citizenship you know means to each person and I think that that's like essential to really um amplifying like this i this um this new idea of what it means to practice citizenship mm-hmm. um in boulder um and and that's where it starts is having these conversations and really you know because I, I i think like when gabo mentioned you know there's um a f- initial state of confusion mm-hmm. but then you know having these conversations really changes people's um ideas um of how voting rights um affects this country um 
and you know it's not always talked about i think mm-hmm. as like the the initial like the the most prominent you know um issue out there so just like raising those conversations um is definitely like the biggest um biggest way that we can you know build um support around this campaign Absolutely. Yeah, so much there. Um, Amazing. I think the power, and you both stated this, of like getting all that organizational support is exactly the representation that it brings to, right? Um, And the power of that. And yeah, the conversation around like even helping people understand the language difference of practicing citizenship versus this is something I have to potentially never even have the option to attain. Yet I'm doing this every day. So this urgent moment of now that we have touched on, um, and I think in part inspired a lot of both of you doing this work in the last two years from what you've shared, what would be your call to action for those listening? Um, You have an event tomorrow, you need signatures, mobilizing the different people maybe who you haven't reached yet. Um, What's your call to now? We have monthly meetings. (laughs) Monthly meetings, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be happy to, I don't know how to provide my information, but yeah, we have monthly coalition meetings where we invite any community member to join um, our coalition, um, whether they represent an organization or just themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, like really, um, yeah, there's there's such a, you know, there's multiple ways to contribute. Like obviously, like we need like people to knock on doors um, next spring when we're looking to collect ballot um, signatures. Um, but also, like you know just listening to this podcast and hearing like the conversations that we're having um you know in everyday you know moments just sharing that with other people so that we can start having these conversations um and spreading the word um as I think you know like the first step um so yeah like please (laughs) come to our coalition meetings and um yeah reach out to us um bring like the networks that you um that you have as well to the table. Um, yeah, a ballot initiative, you know, 3,000 to 5,000 signatures mm-hmm. is, um, it's expensive, it's time consuming. Um, and, you know, people who may want to contribute don't, um, can't always contribute time or um, money as a college student, you know, that's been a big challenge for me. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, really just showing up in whatever way like you can um, is really our call to action. <laughs> I... I'll echo Emma and say that, you know, having these conversations is is the most important thing that yeah. someone can do. And it takes so, so little time, really just having people be aware of the issue that voting rights for citizens and just for full citizens is not a it's not a closed book. We're, we're still writing that story. And the awareness of of this movement really is, a I think, an, an important part well, thank you both so very much. I, yeah, that's like the inevitability of more people are going to move and enter and be in this country. And I think so few of us realize how much that makes a difference and how many voices aren't being recognized in these like really crucial moments, especially. Um, so thank you so much for the work that you're doing and the voices that you're helping to amplify in our Boulder community and then beyond because other municipalities will also look to you and learn from you as well the same way you're doing that looking to them um so thank you emma thank you gabo and thank you all for listening you've been listening to amplify stories of university community partnerships a production by the cu engage program at the university of colorado in boulder in partnership with community radio kgnu 
You can hear us on the fourth Wednesday of every month at 9 a.m. Our show aims to amplify the voices of students and community partners who are working together to generate new knowledge and new ideas to tackle major public challenges. I've been your host, Soraya Latif. Thank you so much for listening.